0: Hi, this is Jenna Urban from The Urban Life, and you're listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast.
1: Hey, awesome food bloggers. Before we dig into this episode, I have a really quick favor to ask you. Go to your favorite podcast player, go to Eat Blog Talk, scroll down to the bottom where you see the ratings and review section. Leave Eat Blog Talk a five star rating if you love this podcast, and leave a great review. This will only benefit this podcast, it adds value. And I so very much appreciate your efforts with this. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, now on to the episode. Hey, food bloggers. Welcome to eBlog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and confidence that will move the needle forward in their businesses. This episode is sponsored by Rank IQ. I am your host, Megan Porta, and you are listening to episode number 345. I have Jenna Urban with me today. She's so awesome. She's going to talk to us about trends to pay attention to in Q4 here in 2022. Jenna is the content creator behind The Urban Life, a food and lifestyle blog where she shares allergy-friendly recipes and travel guides. Jenna started blogging about five years ago and was immediately drawn to the community aspect. Over the years, she realized there was a need for more transparency in the creator space, so she went on to create Blogger Bites to provide bloggers and influencers with resources and tools they can use to thrive. Hello, Jenna. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's such a pleasure to have you back on eBlog Talk.
0: Hi, Megan. I'm so excited to be here.
1: So excited. I always love our chats. And today we're going to talk about Q4 and what to pay attention to, what not to pay attention to, what's important, etc. But first, do you have another fun fact for us?
0: I do. So today I want to share that I'm an Enneagram 2. And I feel like that's not very surprising. The Enneagram 2 is known as the helper or basically someone who's friendly and empathetic and can also be people-pleasing. And so I just, I loved learning about my Enneagram and I feel like it just, it made me like understand why I operate the way I do. So mm. highly recommend looking into that. Do you know yours? Yes. So
1: I am a, oh gosh, now I'm going to forget. I'll look it up while I'm responding to you being a 2 does not surprise me at all. When we were talking about this on Clubhouse, I was like, I know Jenna's at you. Oh my (laughs) gosh. I have a question for you about that. Do you find that being a helper actually can hurt you in some ways? Like you're helping people too much?
0: Yes. Okay. I'm actually glad you brought that up because when I kind of started digging into this and just thinking more about it, I kind of had to like put up boundaries for myself so that I can help myself, not only other people. And so, yeah, that was really eye opening, actually.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're a two and you don't have boundaries, I can see where you could totally get taken advantage of.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's like I want to help. And so it's actually super hard for me to kind of put up those boundaries not to help. And so, yeah, it's actually kind of interesting how it all plays out. So I am
1: a three with a two wing. So I am an achiever and a very close second for me was a type two. So like you.
0: That makes complete sense, Megan.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like I achieving always, always, always like more, 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 you know, like trying to be better, better all the time. But then it's also super important to me that I am giving and almost to a fault where I too have to create boundaries because without even knowing it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just gave my soul. To all of these people, and I have to cut back or I'm going to (laughs) die.
0: Oh my gosh, Megan, that's 100%. Yes, I know what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. So, yeah, we can lean on each other for that and maybe be accountable for those boundaries that we both need.
0: (laughs) Okay, yes, sold, deal.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, I love knowing that about you. We should chat about this more on Clubhouse. I feel like it is so worthwhile to dig into your Enneagram and just understand who you are, like at your core. All right. Well, let's talk about Q4. Q4 is. At the time this is being published, it's like tomorrow. So, uh, or maybe like two days away or something like that. It's really close to Q4. So, we are here. Q4 is here. It's upon us. And you are the trend guru. You're the, I call you the trend spotter of the foodie space. (laughs) So we want to learn from you and you always keep your eyes on things, which I love. I can always say like, Jenna, what's going on with web stories or Pinterest? And you always have an opinion and you always have new things that are coming up too that you just have your eye on. So maybe we'll just run through a few things here. So we'll talk about maybe web stories, Pinterest, Facebook, and maybe just a quick touch on TikTok but do you want to start with web stories? What do you see going on for Q4 with web stories?
0: Perfect. Yeah. So I think it's kind of the same that we've touched on probably on all of our previous episodes, like 100% still recommend investing time into creating these. But I think especially as we go into Q4, really being strategic about what you're posting. And so for example, back in July, right around 4th of July, I started seeing people making ranch water, which if you're unfamiliar with ranch water, it's tequila, lime juice, and Topo Chico. Super easy cocktail. And I've been having that. I mean, I started having, I'm in Texas. (laughs) So I feel like, yes, this is my cocktail. So I've been making it for years and it's kind of catching on now. And so I was seeing people making it on... YouTube shorts and all the different reels and TikToks and whatnot. And I was like, Hey, wait a second. (laughs) Like I have a blog post for that. I should, you know, make a web story for it. And I couldn't believe I didn't already have one. And so it wasn't even that I was looking at Google trends or even Pinterest trends. I just saw just by being a user myself, like, okay, more than a handful of people are making this cocktail. Maybe I should make a web story for it. And It ended up, I actually, I looked, I had to go into my analytics so I could like make, like fact check myself. It ended up getting the web story. It got 24,000 views and it drove 9,000 views to that blog post alone on one day. And like, that's insane. insane.
1: That is insane. That's awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I was, I mean, I was like glued to my phone that afternoon. I was like, what's going on? (laughs) But I say that because I think that like that's the power in trending web Mm. stories. And so like, that's great. I mean, it's obviously fantastic, but then it, it completely died after like, I don't know, two or three days. So you can see those awesome explosive stories, but I think it's also important that we have seasonally relevant web stories that, so depending on what season we're in. So if we're in like the back to school season or Halloween, Thanksgiving, holidays, The the stories that people are actually searching for. So like Halloween cocktails or Thanksgiving sides, holiday cookies, something along those lines that people are actually searching for. They're still trending, but they aren't so short lived. And so you have that consistent baseline. Mm. So I think that's like what I I mean, that is what I will be focusing on. I think that's kind of the the two best type of stories, especially for Q4. But I would love to hear what you've been doing. You actually always pop up on my Discover. Oh, good. So I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> That's awesome
1: to hear. So I will be completely candid and tell you that I've, <laughs> my VA creates my web stories 100% and I've just kind of told her like, you know, given her guidelines and here's what we should do. And I think she does like five a week for me. I just pulled them up just to see. So I'm going to look and see what's been going well. But I've been doing them consistently. We've been doing them consistently since probably November of last year, 2021. And I mean, it's like kind of level, even if you look at my analytics with, you know, peaks and valleys here and there. But consistently, I mean, my web stories get like a thousand page views a day minimum. So, and then up to thousands, like every once in a while, I'll get something like what you were talking about with your ranch Mm -hmm. water where it's like, oh, that's awesome. Right. (laughs) But that's, I mean, that's good. Like getting, having that baseline of, even if it's like 200 page views a day, having that baseline of extra Page views for your web stories is awesome.
0: Right, yes. And I think what you said consistency, I think there really is something to that with stories because when I do let it fall to the side and I don't post stories for, I don't know, a couple weeks or up to a month, it takes a while for that new story to start kind of circulating. And it's super interesting. Once it does start circulating, other old ones Mm. will randomly start popping up again. So I think, I mean, there's definitely something to the consistency aspect. And I love that you're also seeing like that nice, consistent baseline that, I mean, it it doesn't even have to be, you know, in the thousands, like you said, as long as it's just more than zero. Right. I mean, five, right. If it's more than zero, then you're doing well. Yes. And then the only other thing with web stories that I have noticed is, so I think we've been seeing, was it last holiday-ish season where they started, stories started showing up in search? Was that like last Q4? I think it was. I think it was Q4. Okay. Well now, so it used to be, they were kind of a few thumb scrolls down. But it seems like more popular searches. I can't I was trying to remember what it was. But I was searching for a recipe for myself just to make like for dinner one night. And I typed it in and stories or I think they show as visual stories or something. Oh Yeah, like, visual like, stories. Start? Yeah. Yeah, it was the first they were right there at the top before anything else on mobile. Whoa. And so I think that's just I don't know, really encouraging too. like, they're not only on discover, they're also in search. And for those higher, maybe more popular, more common terms, I'm not sure they're higher up. So I mean, more general users are likely to click on those, rather than if you just type something in, you'll see, you know, maybe four recipes, and then maybe some YouTube videos, and then the stories, sometimes, no, they're right up top. Mm. So I think that's encouraging too. That's very encouraging. I love that. I feel like they're kind
1: of experimenting still. Yes. Like they're kind of moving things around and nothing is set ever, but right. it's like a constant evolution. <laughs> like, oh, here's what they're doing now.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm curious, especially, I feel like there's just so many different holiday seasonal recipes that mm. are very popular. So it'll be really interesting to see as we get into November and December, kind of what that whole mobile search looks like for stories.
1: Do you recommend for web stories, people doing something a little out of the norm? So like instead of maybe stuffing to serve at Thanksgiving, maybe like cauliflower stuffing or something a little bit more unusual so that they can grab those more, I don't know, like a little bit different keywords.
0: I think that's interesting and I'm not, I don't want to like say like for certain anything, but I think you can see success with both. I'm trying to remember, I had something like similar to what you're saying, where it was kind of a tweak, but it still had that keyword. So let's say like the trending keyword was, you said stuffing, like, so mm-hmm. like the stuffing recipe, and I added, you know, whatever it was in front. I don't, I don't even, I'm just, I don't remember what mine exact was, but let's say if it, if it was stuffing and mine was meatless stuffing recipe, I think you can still see really good Mm -hmm. results with that. I think it's kind of focusing in on the keywords that Google's telling you are trending. But also, I think the reason why I've had pretty good success with roundups and similar to your recent blog posts where it's kind of like supporting articles Mm -hmm it's you're still including those keywords somewhere in the story, whether that's like in a paragraph or if you have some sort of header at the top for a roundup. And so I think even if it's not the title, it can still be beneficial and get you on that discover and maybe even in search as well.
1: Right. Oh, that's a good recommendation.
0: So I think bottom line, like
1: you need to be doing web stories, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. And if you're, (laughs) I think like if you're short on time, like, honestly, I think the consistent ones that you know, people are always searching for spaghetti sauce, pancakes, waffles, what others like chocolate chip cookies, what you know, whatever, like the ones that are always your trending keywords, those will get you that like more normal over time, you're always seeing some sort of traffic. So if you have like no time to spend, like, but you want to do web stories, I think those are a good way to get into it. But then when you actually want to start seeing like that explosive traffic that is mind blowing, that's when you have to dig into what's currently viral, or what do you think will be going viral? (laughs) Like, I don't know, Halloween weekend, right? Or Thanksgiving sides, and that's where you can if you're lucky, (laughs) and everything aligns perfectly, then you can (laughs) see that explosive traffic. And then after that, if you still want to keep creating, then I think that's when you go into those more unique recipes or ones that maybe are just on your blog, not necessarily like super seasonally relevant, but people are still searching. Yeah, That's kind of like the tears <laughs> that I have.
1: No, that's great to kind of think through that instead of just throwing things at the wall. You kind of think <laughs> through like what's going to be evergreen, what's going to stick yes. around, and then what is seasonal and maybe create traction now. And maybe just like creating a consistent schedule around that. Like I'm going to put up X number of evergreen web stories this week and X number of seasonal and just see what happens because I do think that you should do both just to create like you're saying like those explosive ones and then the more consistent ones over time exactly thinking through it a little bit but I tell everyone so people who come into my mastermind if they are struggling with traffic in general which a lot of people are that's yeah. one of the first things I say is you've got to be creating web stories. We don't know how long this is going to last. It's still going strong. Get in now. Do not hesitate. It does not take that long to create a web story. Even if you do like two or three a week, that's like right. forty five minutes of your time once you've got it streamlined, yeah, total I like love fifteen that. minutes each. So just, do it over time. If you're consistent with it, you will see traffic. You will see a boost from it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you saw after our retreat last Mm -hmm. year, everybody's results. I mean, I was, I can't contribute 100% web stories to me being able to qualify for Mediavine, but it was a huge boost, like 100%. Like if you need traffic, make web stories. Oh, for sure. you're, You're totally right. Once you have a template down, and once you know, you kind of get in a rhythm and then once you have your first one hit discover and then another one hits, you understand, you kind of understand and you get in the groove of it and you're right. It takes maybe 15 minutes to knock one out, maybe right. <laughs> like depending on what it is. Yeah. So I think 100, 100- you're 100% correct. It's just saying, okay, I'm going to post two or three stories a week. And I love what you're, you were saying about, one can be evergreen, one can be seasonal, Mm -hmm. and then maybe make one like, what do you think is going to be viral? Or what are you seeing on TikTok that's viral Mm -hmm. right now? Because it's probably going to carry over onto Google pretty dang soon.
1: Yeah, right. And you could even incorporate like one will be a roundup or one will be informational like you were talking about or a supportive piece of content or something like that. But whatever strategy you come up with, just do it over and over and over and over and you yes. will see more traffic.
0: Yes, yeah. absolutely.
1: Okay, anything else about web stories before we move on to the wonderful Pinterest? Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> okay, so within Pinterest, I know there's like Pin TV, Pinterest TV. What is this, Jenna?
0: Yes. Okay. So, I believe it was our very first podcast recording or our first podcast episode. Oh, we talked about this before. Oh, wow. It has escaped my mind. (laughs) No, me too. Well, because I was like, I feel like, did we talk about this? So when we talked about it last time, which could have been last year, it was just kind of rolling out Pinterest TV or pin TV. And we were kind of, maybe we were, I think maybe like we were speculating on like, what is this going to be? Uh Who's going to be able to use it? What does this mean? And so it's had a pretty long rollout and it's still getting rolled out. But if you go on your Pinterest app on your phone, the upper left-hand corner, do you see a little TV icon if you want to look right now? Because some, some people do and some people don't.
1: So pulling it Pinterest up now. Okay. So I do see the little TV.
0: Perfect. So yeah. So some people have it and some don't. I think it's becoming more and more common that you will have this. And so I'm not sure if we're going by Pinterest TV or pin TV, I believe it's going to lean more towards pin TV. And so if you click on that upper left hand corner TV logo, if you click on it, you can see upcoming episodes and replays from previous live sessions. And that's what it is. They're live sessions. And so just like you could go live on Instagram, I mean, really any of the platforms now, (laughs) right? Yeah. Now you'll be able to do that. On Pinterest, and I'm actually gonna be hosting a two part series on it. What? Okay, so yeah. I will. Okay,
1: so going live on Pinterest, can anyone do it or do you have to be invited?
0: You have to be invited right now, but I think we're getting closer to, you know, how maybe closer to a year ago it was like, who knows what this is? Now it's like people are going live. Like I've been watching people go live, they go live at different times throughout the day. And so you can click a button, remind me or RSVP, and 10 minutes before somebody goes live, you'll get a notification. And then when they go live, you'll get another one. And episodes can range from like 30 to 60 minutes. And if you miss it, it's okay because there's a replay of it. And so I'm super excited to see how this all plays out and rolls out.
1: So you got invited to do a live episode. Just talk us through what you're going to be
0: doing. Mm Yeah. So this like just happened. <laughs> and so basically I mean I'm going live on the app and so I'm going to be walking through a couple recipes and I'm going to keep them extremely simple. Let's keep it basic. <laughs> yeah. And so it seems to me like the two main focuses and what this what effects this might have on Pinterest as a whole is the focuses seem to be on shopping links. And so you can include affiliate or non-affiliate links and also connecting in real time with your audience. That seems to really be stressed. Like they really want you to feel like you are connecting with your users, especially those who are live with you right now. So that's pretty awesome. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's very awesome.
0: Yeah. And so I've been watching, like I said, I've been watching a few of the lives. And it's pretty cool how they've integrated you being live with a nice kind of transparent chat box that that is exactly, I mean, similar to Instagram live, how you can see the person, Uh. you can also see the chat going. And then also, though, in addition to the chat, so think of the chat as being maybe half of the screen. And then if you uh, split it in half the other way, so it's really a quarter of the screen. And then the other lower quarter is like a shopping carousel that you can link, like, I mean, any product that you're showing. And so for food bloggers, for me, especially like thinking like, okay, what can I link during these? I'm thinking my mixing bowl, my prep bowls, my spatula, stuff like that. And hopefully we'll also be able to link to our blog posts (laughs) in there as well. So if you're making, let's just say, a ranch water cocktail, then you can say, look, it's not a hard recipe, but if you want to see a printable version, right? Or if you want to save it for later, click here and here's the full blog post.
1: Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so there's a lot of potential here.
0: I think so. And so I, I really hope, that like a full role I mean this is just like me being hopeful I have no knowledge but I really hope that it's available to everybody by the end of the year because how cool could that be for like the holiday season everyone baking like baking together yes (laughs) yes yes potential and that's just me you know (laughs) just speaking hopefully I have no no insider knowledge at all (laughs) right how fun would that be? Oh
1: my gosh, that sounds so fun. I love that. Especially this is great for food bloggers. I think yeah. so much potential. And did they just reach out to you via email or how did you get the live session?
0: So I was watching a Penn TV live that I have to shout out Amy Katz, Veggie Saves the Day. <laughs> we, she sent it to me. I was like, are you watching this? and it was two of the, I don't know, Pinterest creator. I think it was on the Pinterest creator account, perhaps. Okay. And they were talking about pin TV and they said, we're looking for creators. If you're interested, go to this link. And so I put in my profile, my name, my email address, and maybe they had me fill out like what type of content I create. Okay. It was, it was very, it was just like, what do you want to (laughs) do? What do you want to talk about? And then, yeah, they got back to me and they're like, okay, cool. Did these days work? And I was like, yes, (laughs) 100%. Oh, cool.
1: So it's not like a super hard thing to get into currently.
0: I don't think so. I mean, I think they, they really want creators to be successful. That was something that they were definitely stressing on that live that I was tuning into like they they really want to be there for creators. I think that they've seen how other platforms kind of have treated creators mm. and they want they're at least saying that, you know, we want to be here for you. We want to make it easy for you. We want you to be successful. So, I'm leaning into that one.
1: That's so reassuring because I th- I feel like for a long long time a lot of creators were like, wait a second, Pinterest, what just happened because we like are the bread and butter of their platform <laughs> and then they were like, you know, taking traffic away it seemed like. So I love hearing that that they're really putting a focus back on the creator.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think we've seen that kind of being hinted with creator rewards yeah. and the creator hub and all of that. I think they're taking the right steps. It might be a little bit slower, but I would rather it be slower and actually work for our benefit than some, I don't know, several changes happening in a week that makes your head spin and nothing even works at the end of the day. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about
1: creator rewards, unless you had something more on Pinterest TV. Do you have encouragement there? No,
0: I will keep you updated because I think this is just so cool. And I don't know. I I'm pretty shocked that like I filled out a form that said like, yeah, I want to do it. And they were like, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So I will definitely keep you updated. And by the time this podcast airs, it would have already happened. And so we might have to do like a clubhouse recap. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> so like be like, okay, this is what happened. Here's the tea. <laughs> right. Here's what happened. So Yeah, I will keep you updated for sure. But yeah, let's talk about the Creator Rewards. Yeah.
1: Okay, so a lot of creators, foodie creators, are being invited now. Not everybody. I know there are still some people who are like, wait, I want part of this program. And they're not quite yet, but it has been rolled out to quite a few foodie creators.
0: Yeah, I think. Did we join it around the same time or were you?
1: July 1st was my... No, no, sorry. June or July? June 1st.
0: Okay, I think we joined around the same time then. Because that sounds about when I joined.
1: (laughs) It's been two months, so June 1st.
0: Okay, yeah. How are you liking it? It's so great. I mean, honestly, my VA
1: does most of it. This this month in August, I'm going to take on more of the submitting because we were both keeping an eye and I was like, did you submit this? And she's like, wait, I already did that. So just to kind of, I don't know, just to help the communication a little bit better with us, I'm going to submit this month. But... It's been going well. Like in June, we put very little extra effort in and made a nice chunk of money. And then in July we made like triple that. And oh, and my God, we didn't, I mean, I don't think she went like above and beyond. She was just doing idea pins for me like usual, but a few of them really took off quickly. And so this was July, so summer. One of them was feta cheese dip, was insane; like it went bonkers really fast.
0: Ooh, yeah, and okay.
1: Then Bloody Marys did okay, and Snickers fudge Ooh.
0: did well. So that
1: must be a summer favorite. But the one that did the best was my raspberry peach tart
0: oh yummy did really
1: well really fast too and you can tell right away if it's going to take off like
0: because you'll see the numbers kind of shoot up right right
1: and if they and if they go more slow then it is a slow build throughout the entire thing unless it's an an anomaly but do you find that too like if it's going to be big it goes it gets big fast
0: I agree yeah and that kind of reminds me of like Old days of Pinterest when I would like right. pin a standard pin and it's like I refreshed and it was like a thousand impressions already and I'm like oh heck yeah, yeah. we're doing this <laughs> yeah yes I am curious so for your idea pins especially the ones that you just mentioned are you doing longer like how many pages on average and are they is it a mix of photos and videos
1: So I'm not doing hardly any video, just a little bit here and there, but mostly photos. And I would say an average of like 10 slides.
0: Ooh, 10 slides. Okay, that's really good to know. I feel like when I've heard about best practices, they definitely lean into the longer that that kind of helps encourage saves Mm -hmm. because who's going to remember what's on every single page, right? Right. But if it's like one or two slides, eh, okay. Right. But if it's more, if it's longer that, I mean, and it, and it totally makes sense as well. Okay. And I'm also super encouraged by you actually to hear that you're primarily using images.
1: Yes. Yep. I know a lot of people had heard like, we need to use videos and they had said that somewhere, right? Pinterest said, yes. Okay.
0: Yeah, we didn't make that up. It was I think it was the we didn't we didn't all imagine that. (laughs) No, I think it was on maybe that first month where we joined, one of them one of the rewards required you to have a video. Or at least one slide needed a video or, or something similar to that. So I think that's kind of where the idea of like, oh, they want video. We we need to be doing video. But that, isn't, that hasn't been a requirement mm. since then, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Are you
1: incorporating videos into most
0: of yours? I have been doing just like a true mix. And to be honest, I have been really only choosing like one or two of the rewards to focus on. So it just depends like what content I have to either repurpose or that I want to kind of slice and dice (laughs) to make work. And so for me, what I've been doing is I'll either do all images. And so I'll include like maybe like an ingredient shot and then I don't know, a couple other images (laughs) or what I've really been enjoying doing is if I have a reel, I will slice it into, I don't know, let's say four different clips and then each clip Is a different page, and then I might end and begin with an image as well. So I'm Uh kind of doing a mix, but yeah, since okay, I don't get a ton of saves on my idea pins, like if I get over a hundred, that is okay, very, very, very good for me, yeah. And so I've been focusing on, I think they call it like the publish weekly get rewarded one, and that's literally you publish once a week, yeah. And that one is that like maybe that's like $250 to do that. Okay, so I've been doing that one. And then, oh my goodness, the one I'm very excited about for this month of August is the, I think it's called pay per save. And it's like $25 for each pin Mm -hmm. and then $2 per save. And so I like up to like- 700. $700. Yeah. Yeah, yes, 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 exactly. So that's the one I was gonna focus on But if one of those idea pins happen to get a hundred plus saves, then instead of that, instead of focusing on the paper save, I'll just stick it into the, if you get a hundred saves, you get this reward. So yeah, there's a few different ways to go about it. But I like what you said earlier about it's not that much extra work Mm -hmm. to get really great rewards like these incentives are pretty awesome I think they are yeah and you don't have to like stress about them like if it works into your schedule that's great and for me like because I know like okay well I want to be doing the publish weekly so that's four idea pins that will only go towards that and then if that's all I do then I'm happy with that honestly like That's an extra two hundred fifty I wouldn't have. Right. And then if I want to or I can, if I have other content which I can that I can repurpose, then those will go for the other rewards. But yeah, I'm definitely planning ahead this month. Right now it's August second. And so my goal is either tomorrow or Thursday to really plan out like, okay, what are the idea pins going to be for this month? That way I don't have to do I don't have to focus on it every single week. I will already kind of know. Mm,
1: that's smart to kind of plan ahead and map it out a little bit. One thing about the published Weekly pins, now what Melissa, my VA, has been doing is she kind of keeps an eye on which ones are slow growers and uses okay. those for the published Weekly. Are you doing something similar? Because you want to save those... That might get 100 plus or even 200 plus for the other available options. So, right. kind of picking out those slow growers and putting those up for this published weekly ones.
0: Yeah, that's a really good thing to point out. I think I really only had one of those last month that I did immediately kind of see, like, oh, okay, this one's doing something. And so I kind of waited to see, like, are you going to get up there? And I don't remember how many impressions it got. It got quite a, it got a, for me, it was a lot of impressions, but it still only got maybe like 50 saves mm. or something. And so I was like, well, that's good, yeah. but it's not going to get me to, uh, like, I just kind of knew like, we're not going to get up to a hundred or 200 or whatever it was. And it was getting towards the end of that week. And I didn't have another one without like having to scramble. So I was like, eh, we'll just you know, we'll put it, we'll talk it into that one.
1: Right. Yeah. It is kind of like a puzzle, like a game a little bit like, Ooh, if I could squeeze these in here and then use that. So it's fun to watch the month unfold as your idea pins generate saves and impressions and just kind of see how it all fits together. And then, earning like like you said even $250. Oh my gosh, yeah. that is that's a lot of coffees or that's like something to tuck away into savings for your next vacation. Like that is not nothing. So
0: That's a lot of margaritas. Oh my maybe. gosh, lots <laughs> of yummy margaritas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I I guess the only other thing I would add is something that I I don't know if I would call it an experiment because I didn't run a secondary experiment, but something that I did and watched with eager (laughs) eagerness was so my cowboy caviar I posted that one with and now I'm gonna get now I'm gonna mess it up and get confused but basically I posted cowboy caviar with just images and then I posted it again as Texas caviar Um. with a video sliced up or maybe it was like the opposite with different names whatever it was it's the same exact recipe I just didn't double dip because for one, I used photos only and the other I used video only. And one of them did for me, it was like, okay, just so, so average, nothing, nothing great. But then the other one, it did incredibly well. That was the one where it got not, I mean, it was incredibly well for the impressions and more saves than usual. So for me, that's like, that's great.
1: I think it's worthwhile to do experiments like that and just see Like whether it's comparing video and photos or something else, just to see what is being favored on the platform and then tweaking.
0: So it's actually funny, (laughs) even though we just got finished talking about video versus photo, it was actually the video that performed better. Who the heck knows what's going on?
1: Yeah, that's the thing about experimenting too, is that you don't really always know
0: what factor is working, right? Because there are so many different factors at play. Yes, That's the one thing about experimenting and kind of, especially when things, I mean, idea pins aren't new necessarily, but they're still relatively new. Mm -hmm. And like, there's still things definitely going on and still stuff getting added. It seems like there's a ton of updates still. And so... Yeah, there's so many factors to consider, definitely.
1: Do you know or do you have any instinct about like how long this is going to take to roll out? I'm just wondering about those few stragglers who are like, I want to be part of the rewards program. Have you heard anything about when they're going to be done rolling it out?
0: I haven't. I know it's what you have to be 18 years or older, US-based. There's some sort of follower requirement Yeah, I don't remember what that is either. Yeah, but I think the other thing too was it was like you have to have posted three idea pins in the last month and maybe they had to have a certain save count
2: Mm. altogether.
0: And so that's definitely, it's on the like Pinterest support page or whatever because I've seen it. I've definitely seen it. And so I think making sure that you're hitting all of those requirements and then I don't know, just crossing your fingers. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, But if you continue to go onto your, so it is on your phone in the app, and then you will see this little earn button pop up in the creator hub, right? And then if you click on that, you do need to go through a few steps. I remember like it asks you a few questions and you have to accept terms or something and then it allows you to put your payment information, your bank account information in so that you can receive payment. But once you do it's pretty easy. Once you do that, you're good to go. And then you get all of the, what do you call them? Like
0: rewards. rewards challenges yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever they are. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it really is a pretty seamless, effortless sign up and payouts have been effortless and like no yeah. No worries there. I think, I mean, I think it's so great that Pinterest is offering these because I know TikTok has their creator fund and Instagram and Facebook has the Reels bonus play. And so now we just have another platform that I think, I think this one is, this is probably my favorite and it's probably mm-hmm. the most lucrative for sure, especially when you factor in like the time it takes to complete them. I don't think that it would be hard to say that about the other platforms if you were starting from scratch there.
1: Totally agree. And I've heard so many other people say that too. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, I spend very little time doing this and I'm reaping in money, like actual significant money. So it is definitely worth it if you have the opportunity, do not dismiss it. Jump on it because it's easy. It's fairly easy money. Yeah. Anything else about that, Jenna? I feel like Pinterest is redeeming itself this year in 2022.
0: I agree. And we, from the very first recording we did, we were like, don't give up on Pinterest. Yes. Oh my and gosh. I'm you're so right. Glad. <laughs>
1: yeah. See, I'm we so were, glad. we knew we were in <laughs> tune
0: with that.
1: You were like, I remember you saying, Megan, I'm so glad to hear you say that. Cause I feel the same way. And I was like, <gasps> refreshing because most people at that time were like, boo, Pinterest, I'm leaving yeah. you.
0: <laughs> people still are saying that. I and it makes me so sad because I think I don't know. I, I like we have always said, it, and or you said I think a couple episodes before, it's planting seeds, and especially like with the standard pins, it can take a while. But with these idea pins, I mean, you're seeing success within seconds, yeah. <laughs> and you're getting paid from them. Yes. So. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just yeah, I think that there's a lot to come with it as a whole, and I'm very excited to see how it all plays out. I know. Isn't it
1: fun watching this whole creator, foodie creator world unfold? It's like, you never know what's coming, but you have your instincts about certain things. At least I do like, okay, I can't let this one go. And I've always felt that about Pinterest.
0: Oh yeah. If I look at my analytics, I'm like, I should be dedicating way more time Mm. to Pinterest. Like I get significant traffic from there. And like, to be completely honest, I don't have like a great strategy. Mm-hmm. I didn't I don't hire it out. I don't use Tailwind anymore, but like it's still driving significant traffic. And so I'm like, yeah, I should probably dive in even deeper here because it's it's a big player for my blog at least, especially compared to let's say Twitter, for example. Oh, right. Like, <laughs> no, I'm getting nothing. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. So if yeah, just encouraging you to look in your analytics if you're listening. And maybe that will give you a little burst of motivation to dig into it a little more because it is worthwhile. It's such a, The fact that it's such a visual platform is never going to change. It is visual and food is visual. So people love pictures of food. That is never going to change. So just digging into it and giving idea pins a little bit of your attention too. Do you want to move on to Facebook, your favorite, Jenna? You know I do. All right, do. let's do it. <laughs> where do we start with Facebook? I know that there's this new page experience that is kind of still rolling out, right? That people are like, wait, what is this? Maybe we could start there. Just talk through what that is.
0: Yeah. So the new page experience, I think I switched over to it about this time last year, maybe not quite. We're in August still, maybe not quite, but in the fall or winter, I switched over and ever since then, it's had a very slow rollout. But recently, it seems like multiple pages are now getting this option or prompt. Sometimes it pops up on desktop. I've had it pop up on a couple other pages I used to manage, but still have rights to pop up just on the Facebook app. And basically, it'll just say, New page experience is here. Switch over now. And in short, the new page experience just lets you switch between your private individual profile and your public business page. And so it just makes everything a little less clunky. And for me, it makes me be, it it enables me to be able to really separate. Do I want to look at my friends and family Mm. or am I here to post About my new lemon pasta. Mm, Right. (laughs) I love it. Big fan. Highly recommend. I don't know why you wouldn't do it. (laughs) Well, I think because it's a change, because
1: I know some people in my mastermind were like, what is this? And they didn't know that that's what was happening. So just the fact that everything changed was confusing, which totally understand because when things change on a platform, it's really alarming. Like, wait a second, I knew that and now it's this. So just understanding what it is, like Jenna said, like you can easily switch between the two. So one of the things that came up in my group was that people were confused because they were like, wait, now that this new experience is here, I can't access the same groups. But it's because they signed up to those groups under like either their business or their personal. Do you know what I mean? So they had to like figure out which side they signed up under and then they could yeah. access the group still.
0: Yeah. Like you'll still be in all of the groups you were in. It just depends if you joined as your, so like did I join as Jenna or mm-hmm. did I join as the urban life? And so, yeah, I, I, yes, I do understand that like change. It can be kind of scary, especially for Facebook. Like, like Facebook is it's your page has been your page for years. How Whenever you created it, that's all you know. But I think the switch, I think it's going to be a really, I'm very hopeful about the new direction of it. I've been super pleased with it. And I know that there's some confusion around like the creator studio versus meta business suite. Mm. And those are pretty interchangeable. And so I think my biggest advice is, and this is just what I do as a user myself, when I'm figuring something new out is truly just to click around and just try to figure out where things are. If I can't figure it out and I like need to figure it out right now, I'll try searching the Facebook support pages. Not all of them are fabulous. (laughs) Some of them are like, this doesn't roll out to everybody. And it's like, okay, well, it's rolled out to me. So what do I do here? (laughs) I really suggest leaning into it and trying to figure it out because I have a feeling that they're really going to be pushing this one hard. And so you can easily switch back always. like If you switch, if you switch over to the new page experience and you give it a try for a week and you're like, absolutely not. I hate this so much. You can always revert back and it's just like you've always known it.
1: That's good to know. I didn't know that you could go back. Food bloggers, hey, let's chat about RankIQ for just a minute, a powerful keyword research tool made just for bloggers, just for you. You have heard me talk about this amazing keyword research tool before, and I'm going to keep talking about it. Why? Because it works. I have seen steady organic growth on my own food blog in 2022, and the top reason for this is because I have prioritized running all of my content through this powerful tool. Here is why RankIQ works. All of the keywords in the database are handpicked by Brandon, the creator of the tool. You will not find any keywords in the tool that won't rank like you will in so many other tools. Rank IQ keywords will give you novel ideas about new articles to write and ways to rewrite existing content. And the Rank IQ optimizer is the best I've used. It is an extremely powerful tool, unlike any other. Check it out for yourself. Go to rankiq.com to sign up and see for yourself how awesome it is. Get ready to get obsessed. Now, back to the episode. I think try to stick with it and click around like Jenna's suggesting.
0: I feel like it's a more Even more curated feed. Yeah. And that actually like rolls right in (laughs) to like the other thing I wanted to talk about with Facebook's feeds. So basically, they did an update, I think like earlier this week, or maybe it was last week. And you can choose which feed you want to go to. If you want to see all, which will be your friends and family oh. that you're connected with, your groups, your pages, you can favorite all of those I just mentioned. And so you can just click favorites, and then see all of that. Oh. And so I think that's why I feel like it just seems like we're moving kind of like we're being funneled <laughs> in to like this direction of really making a more curated mm-hmm. feed. And I don't know. I think especially with like all of the Instagram stuff with like the suggested accounts to follow and that'll probably still, you know, flow over a bit. You know how you see like people you may know, but I think this is like it's really it's a really good positive change for Facebook and speaking of like pages, I can't talk about Facebook and not talk about FB Reels. Of course not. They're Go for it. You're the so queen of Facebook common. Reels. <laughs> They are becoming even more prominent on desktop and mobile, especially with these new kind of feed layouts, regardless which feed you're in. And the other just like major, major pro to the new page experience is it's so much easier to create a Facebook reel I found when I'm on my The Urban Life Blogs Facebook page.
1: Yeah, I'm just curious about why the reels are so much easier. What makes them easier?
0: Yeah, so I was actually, I was very lucky that my new page experience switch kicked in right before I really started to dive into reels. And so I never had to experience posting a reel from toggling back and forth between my personal and then kind of navigating to the page. And then say, no, I don't want to post it to Jenna Urban's private profile. Why would I want to do that? (laughs) So it just kind of takes the confusion out of it all. Like, if you switch over to your public business page, you know that that's what you're interacting as. Like, there's no question about it. And so you don't have to worry about, am I commenting as my private profile that. I don't necessarily want everybody in the world to know about. I certainly don't Mm. want people to friend that if I don't actually know who you are. And so I think from like a privacy aspect, that's also why I just feel like (laughs) so strongly about like, yes, make the switch. Like it just, it's, I, I I'm sure that there are some downsides that I am not aware of. There has, there has to be some that, you know, there's always something, but I have not run into any.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. And you dig into it more than most people I know. So if you can't find any downsides, I would, I mean, I would be willing to guess that it's probably hard to find them,
0: right? Yeah. I think the biggest, if I had to say like, this is the downside, it, it'll it be the confusion around, this is yeah. something that I have done for Ever on Facebook, this has been my process forever, and now it looks a little different. But the process, from what I have found, the process is still the same. It's just how you're getting there. You're taking like a little, you're taking like a little exit or like a little detour, yeah. but you're still doing the same. You're still going to the same place. Basically. I think
1: once people realize what's going on, it's fine. They're just like, yeah as with anything, when there's a change, it's alarming because like you said, this is something we've built up over years and years. And we just worry right away, like, you know, where's are everything going? Where something? is it? Where? Yeah. Where do I find this? Where do I find that? But once people are realizing that it's actually an improvement and kind of what's going on, I think it's fine, at least from what I've seen in my circles. And then do you have anything else about reels specifically? How are those going for you? I know for a while they were generating a lot of traction and traffic and all the good things. Are they still doing that for you?
0: So I have slowed down a ton posting Facebook reels. I went, yeah, like you said, back last Q4, they were incredible for growing my page. They were incredible not only for growing my page, but engagement on those reels as well as normal posts and driving traffic to my blog. It was, yeah, that was like my Facebook heyday was yes. Q4 2021. It was, it was incredible. And so, yeah, I've slowed down quite a bit posting Facebook Reels because it's pretty time consuming. Yeah. And I kind of told myself like, okay, I'm, and I, I, and I said, Q4 last year, I am going to post three Facebook Reels a week. That's what I'm doing. And I mean, I was doing other stuff too, but that last Q4 was pretty crazy. (laughs) And so that's what I told myself I was going to do. And I did it and I saw awesome growth and engagement. And then in Q1 of this year, 2022, I said, okay, I want to post minimum two times a week because I was still seeing really awesome growth. And I didn't just want to completely abandon reels because like, hello, I was, (laughs) it was great, but I wanted to stay consistent still. So I told myself, okay, two times a week. And so I did that for a majority of Q1, maybe. Yeah, I think it, I think it was Q1. And then I was like, okay, all right, (laughs) I need to like, take a second. And so, I do not post as frequently anymore. When I do post, like I was saying with web stories, I think that there really is something to that consistency mm-hmm. factor. Yep. If you're posting consistently, whatever that means. It, it, maybe it could even be once a week. I don't know. But just something that gives signals to not only your audience, but also the platform, there is something to there that. There is. Yeah. And so now when I post, I don't see as explosive growth or crazy high engagement. I still get comments and I still get likes. And some of them you can see, like so and so followed you from this reel. So that's nice to see. But definitely, if you're trying to grow your Facebook page or reach a new audience to hopefully drive traffic to your blog or a group or whatever your goal is, I definitely think posting consistently and three times a week was the sweet spot for me. And then just to go a step further, I think really what, cause now I've had time to kind of like sit back and look at like, okay, what it wasn't. I mean, I definitely think the consistency played a huge role and just like the sheer volume of what I was pushing out. But I think the ones that like really drew a crowd, if you will, And had that great engagement that translated to new follows. They were either super shareable or they kind of sparked something that would make somebody want to comment. Uh, And so, yeah, like I did the vegan buffalo cauliflower wings. Oh, yummy. And people were like, why? Yeah, they are very great. Thank you, Megan. (laughs) People were like, why would you make cauliflower wings? Just eat chicken. (laughs) Or like, you can't call those wings, you know, so you have those like, I can comment- call them what I want to call them. <laughs> <laughs> right? I was like, keyword research told me actually, this is what I should call them. <laughs> yeah, no. So you have those people commenting. And so that's driving the engagement. But then you also have the people who know what a cauliflower wing is. They're like, ooh, heck, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna share this. So they're sharing it. Other people are commenting. And so I think that's like the perfect kind of formula, if you will, is like the consistency. Controversial. (laughs) The controversial. You know, yes. I like that's like what I used to say. I was like, try to make it a little controversial. Like nothing crazy, but like calling it, you know, a baked wing. Well, it's I mean, it can't. It's a cauliflower wing. Right. (laughs) And so And how
1: you're not gonna offend too many people with regards to food. I always like food drama is okay drama. It's not like you're putting your political opinions out there or anything. It's like food. So how mad right. can people get? And people actually do get mad, but whatever. Yeah. I'm always like it's food. If they get mad, it's fine.
0: Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree.
1: And there's always a way to spin that, too. No matter what you're talking about, you could find some sort of controversy to put up about pretty much any recipe, right? Like, I mean, oh, just get yeah. a you're all creative people. You can find some creative <laughs> angle to be controversial with your food. <laughs>
0: yeah I mean I think so I mean get the people talking that's right and yeah I think that was really when I like when I look back at the ones that were like some were like hitting millions which was for me that was just like insane like yeah they were the ones that were veganized or so vegan bloggers listening (laughs) or like I used a product called just egg and it's a it's a plant-based egg scramble but it's called just egg. And so when I say what I'm using, like, add the just egg here. If you don't know what just egg is, it sounds like I'm saying like, just put the egg in. Oh, Gotcha. And so that one. Oh, gosh. I
1: bet you got flamed for that.
0: (laughs) Right. Oh, my gosh. People are like, wait, now you eat eggs. And I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) And it actually took me a second to realize because I was like, I'm, I very clearly said just egg. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> and then finally I was like, oh no. Oh gosh. But, but yeah, then, like good
1: drama, right? Like something that's going to draw out engagement from people for sure.
0: Right. And then you think about like, okay, well, now I can make a follow up video. And oh, then and you can say, great. hey, this last video I posted, blah, blah, blah. And then people are more likely to not only watch that video, but go back and watch a previous one
1: as well. Oh, right. Right. So kind of see where people are getting hung up or what's stirring up comments, and then you can go further. Dig deeper. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Look at what the comments are telling you to gauge moving forward. You could even
1: go to your blog and see which posts are like highly commented and like what people are saying. I can think of a few on my blog that have stirred up a lot of comments over the years and I could create... Oh, do share. Oh, well, just like, oh my gosh. I was just <laughs> looking at this the other day because it's so funny, but my crockpot mac and cheese recipe. Oh. So the original recipe that I had put up I just threw in the pasta without pre-cooking it at all. Yeah, And like, you just have to watch it really closely. So people were doing this, throwing it in their crock pot, not watching it. And then at the end, just having like this gluey mess. And I'm like, (laughs) clearly the recipe states like go in, you have to stir it. If you don't stir it and you don't watch, you know, like when it's done, you're going to come up with a mess. But people were like, up in arms, like I can't believe you call this recipe. There are so, there are hundreds and hundreds of comments on this post about just how I am, I suck and I am whatever. Oh, oh no. And my husband used to be, he used to tell me, just keep it up because it's good, healthy drama. Like, like yeah. we were just saying, we're talking about food. How mad can you get? But that is one of my top posts still on my blog. And then I eventually did change the recipe so that you pre-cook. And then I give like the alternate, like here's the original version where I don't pre-cook, but then you have to give disclaimers. It's like so funny. I'm like, I think one of my comment replies to somebody's comment was like, this is hilarious. This is pasta, people. Like you guys are getting (laughs) so mad about pasta.
0: Oh gosh. gosh. Well, that is 100% like, Yes, you're completely on to something here. Because then you can make a reel and say, this blog post of mine got over 50 comments, you know, like saying this, this, this. And then not only do you get to like talk about the recipe and maybe share the recipe, but then someone on Facebook is like, oh, this girl has a blog? Yeah. Like a website? Some people are still genuinely surprised when like creators have an actual URL. Right. <laughs> yes. And so like and sometimes even when I hear that from TikTok creators I follow, they say this has been on the blog for 7 years and I recently gave it a refresh. And I'm like, "Oh, I didn't know you've had a blog for 7 years." <laughs> yeah. And then I go to it immediately. And so yeah, that's just another another way that you can make reels work for you.
1: Right? No, yeah, that's great. You can think around so many ways or just take out the point that is causing the commotion yeah. and just talk about that in a reel and see what happens. Like, here's what I did for my, oh my gosh, my forsaken mac and cheese that had uncooked pasta or whatever and just see how people Forsaken.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: But I was just looking that post has... I think over eight hundred comments and that's a lot Whoa. for a blog post.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. I was saying fifty plus. No, you're gonna say it has nearly a thousand comments. Yeah, and that'll get people like, wait, what? That's a hook. Right. Like people
1: were so mad at a oh crockpot God. full of pasta. <laughs>
0: The, audacity, the audacity
1: of me and I, I consider taking it down for a while, but my husband was like, absolutely not. You've got to keep that okay. up. This is I'm glad. Great. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, I'm
0: glad he was like, no, 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 <laughs> yeah. no, no. This is, this is, you're not offending anybody right. with exactly. your dirty crock pot. Right. So. <laughs> I
1: know. Yeah, exactly. Again, it's food. So create the drama. The food drama is good. And reels, Facebook reels are a great place to do that. Yes, they are. Do you have any insights about Facebook groups? Are they evolving? Are they kind of the same as always? What do you think about those?
0: Yeah, so I will try my hardest to keep this like relatively high level because I love Facebook groups. I've always loved Facebook groups as a user. And then as I started my blog, for me, it was a no brainer. Like, of course, I need to create a not just a Facebook page, but a group but I realize a majority of people do not operate (laughs) the way that I operate (laughs) with Facebook groups. Most people are like, "Ugh, why would I want to join a bunch of groups to fill up my feed? But for me, it's like, no, like these are all the different interests I have and all the different communities I've joined over the years. And so that is kind of, that's just my like backstory on Facebook groups. And so Yeah, I definitely, this this is going to sound funny, but in Facebook groups I'm in, I've heard a lot of chatter about Facebook groups as well. And that just makes me so excited that people are finally listening (laughs) to like what I feel like I've been like yelling into the void, like create a group and not so okay, I guess there's there's two distinctions. So one it is Facebook groups are an incredible way to drive traffic to your blog, which we can talk about in a second. So if you want to drive traffic, there's those type of groups or, and I might say more importantly, if you want to turn your audience into a true community, mm. you can create a Facebook group and still drive traffic. But really the goal with that one is really fostering a community of people who I mean, people know and trust you from your public profile, but how cool is it to actually be able to talk to your favorite blogger or ask questions, not necessarily through like a public forum or uh, any public commenting, but like, it is actually me and my group. And if you have a question, you're making something right now, I will probably see it or, you know, boundaries. Yeah. I'll see it in boundaries, day, so. Yes, Jenna, boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah. So just adding an additional touch point and one that is like, I mean, it's very personal. And I think that that is a super important aspect of food blogging that I think some have kind of given a try and had a lot of success with. Especially we talk a lot about, you know, we don't own our Instagram platform, our, our account, our profile We don't own our TikToks, but we own our email lists. So there's a lot of emphasis on growing your email list, which is fabulous. Mm -hmm. Like I'm currently a goal of mine. That's I am literally working on that in an hour. (laughs) But in addition to that, my Facebook group is my private community, which no, I don't like own my Facebook group community, but it just, it feels more, it's more so than a page. And so I think that that's a really great way to build a community and it's also so i mentioned how facebook and the a new update there's different feeds it's funny on one of the accounts i manage it literally at the top where it says like what do you want to post or whatever the prompt is to like share something on your home feed it says community and if you click on community it pops up all of your facebook groups so even Facebook is signaling like communities are important. And I'm curious to hear from you, Megan, your experience with this, but I know like as a user, when I'm scrolling on my Facebook, and so I'm curious because it might just be because I'm in so many Facebook groups, but I've heard from a few people, similar things that a majority of what you see, let's just say you're scrolling your home feed like we do a majority of those posts, it's not like my mom or my best friend. It's these different posts that are in groups that I'm in. Have you noticed that? Like, do you see group posts? Yes, I do.
1: Especially Ah, recent, I would say like in recent times, I do more like the, that was more the old school, like just seeing grandma and aunt Sharon and like all of the family like over and over and over. But yeah, I do think there's a change there for sure.
0: Yay. I'm smiling because I'm like, yes. Okay. I'm onto something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that community aspect is really getting the focus it deserves. Yeah. And so just to kind of touch on the two, so we're talking about Facebook groups. So let's say just really quickly, the one like the share group, right? Like that seems to be what people are really like That seems like the first, that's like your introduction to Facebook groups as a food vlogger is, okay, I want to share my recipes. So how do you share them? So like quick tips, just like fire round (laughs) is I would recommend joining as your personal profile. So I would join as Jenna Urban, not the Urban Life. That just gives like a more natural feeling. Mm. Like it's not like I'm trying to sell you anything. Not that I sell anything anyway, (laughs) but like, you know, a general user, like a page is a business, right? Because, you know, we are businesses. But it's like, no, no, no. Like, let's take the more natural approach. I'm a human, not a business. Yes. Yes. A human. Exactly. A more human approach. So, yeah, join these Facebook groups as (laughs) your human self. Yes. I personally recommend joining groups that are private and more geared towards that community aspect. And so those, like, just like how you can kind of identify them is they won't have a ton of other bloggers in them. And I like to make sure that they are, I find like the most bang for my buck, I guess. When I share are the special diet type groups, because I I do have a focus dairy-free and egg-free recipes. And so... When I'm sharing to delicious dairy-free recipes, that does a lot better. Mm. I get a lot better engagement than if I just shared to recipe share. Mm,
1: Like yummy, delicious dinners or something.
0: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So these Facebook groups are more geared towards support and community, but they do allow sharing. And so they are sometimes hard to identify like which ones will allow sharing and not call it spam. But again, like I said, like, Clicking around Facebook is how I figure out a majority of what I'm doing. And so trying to join groups that have, I don't know, at least a couple thousand members. They don't have to have a million members because then your post is just going to get lost in the sea of other people sharing. But yeah, I think if you try to find a niche specific, so it doesn't have to be special diet, but like Instant Pot or Crock-Pot, Low Carb, whatever you can kind of like, it doesn't even necessarily have to be your entire blog. Like if you just happen to have a lot of air fryer recipes, join an air fryer Facebook group and share your posts. And I would rather than having like a formal, like these air fryer cauliflower wings are tender and blah, blah, blah. Say like, we've been loving these with happy hour. And then maybe attach a photo instead of just the link have a photo, and maybe if you can, try to use one that's not super styled. Like yes, one that I looks was going like, to say that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Like that looks like, yeah, I actually just took this on my kitchen counter. Yep.
1: So not <laughs> yeah. super polished. We've found, so my VA occasionally will find those groups if we want like a boost in traffic yeah. for certain URLs. And she's found that, like, if she just makes the recipe or if I do and just snap a picture with our phones, yeah. putting that up is way more well received, I think, than yeah. the polished
0: photos. I love that you're seeing success with that, too. Yeah. I think there's something to that because it's like, oh, this is attainable. Like, it's real. That looks like something yeah. I can make. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Oh, I'm so glad you said that.
1: And I like that you said that the groups don't have to be filled with people, like a million plus people. It can be like hundreds of people.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's one group I share in that actually isn't even to a thousand, but every time I post, like not, not everybody in the group, but like, there's like a good amount of comments that come in like, Oh yeah, I tried your last, you know, whatever you posted last week, it was great. Can't wait to try this one. Like they start to kind of know who you are. And so it's still the human aspect, but it's like, okay, they know that I'm a blogger and this is me, (laughs) but it's like, it's okay because you kind of get that sort of community, even though it's not necessarily your community, Uh but yeah, so it's super interesting. And I, I will, I feel like there should be like some sort of disclaimer, like all of these groups are so different. Like some I'm in, like we were saying, if you just share kind of the more candid shot, that works really well because the, the, the members of that Facebook group, that's the kind of stuff that they are sharing on, like, that's what they share as well. So there's that, but then there's also some that maybe do have more bloggers in them. And so you can see like, there's very, there's different image designs and like graphics that I feel like, become popular throughout, I don't know, Mm. every year kind of takes on like a new design and feel.
1: Yep. I know what you mean.
0: Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And so people will get used to, okay, if they see these three food bloggers kind of have this design, then you can kind of throw in that kind of design or something I do because I'm not trying to I'm not a graphic designer and I don't want to be, (laughs) I will just use my Pinterest pin, like the pin that I created. I will use that instead. And so it has a very big block text, whatever it is. And then it has the photo. And so, and that works just as well. So kind of like feeling out what type of content gets posted in that group and not just what gets posted, but what do you see getting the comments or reactions? And then kind of going from there.
1: Oh, that's a great tip. I love that. Just recycling some stuff that you've already made.
0: Might as well. Oh, yeah. You know I'm like the repurposing queen over here. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. Okay. That's awesome. So anything else on those groups to drive traffic?
0: So I think that's – those are really – that's like – that that was not high level at all. Like we kind of really got into it there. (laughs) So I think that's good. That's like, especially a good start if you're like, like wanting to get into those share groups for sure, like incorporating all those aspects. But I think, so now once you're comfortable with Facebook groups and you can see how great it is to kind of have a community and also be driving traffic to your blog or like sign up for your subscriber list, I think it's really... I encourage food creators to create a Facebook group that is their own, that you own yourself, you're the moderator of, and you can kind of decide what you want it to be. And so for me, I started mine, basically when I started my blog, I think maybe I started it like, technically it was a year after because it took me about a year to actually decide like, yeah, I'm a food blogger now. (laughs) And so whenever I started creating all my social accounts, that's when I created my Facebook group. And from the very beginning, I had a very clear vision that this is going to be a support group where we share recipes. My audience can submit recipe requests. If they have product recommendations, they can go to this group, and we're talking about the latest dairy-free and egg-free products on the market. And easy recipes that we can make to fit our diets. Like that was like the very clear, like this is what it will be. Like I will not have other bloggers in there to share Mm -hmm. their recipes. Sorry. (laughs) Like it's, it's meant to be like a very supportive, friendly, approachable support group where people really feel comfortable Mm -hmm. sharing. So that, that's just like my take on it. But I know other people like to keep theirs public even and let any and all people share their favorite vegan or meatless recipe. So really establishing what you want it to be is kind of first. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I would say like top tips to make your name extremely searchable. So mine is literally dairy-free and egg-free recipes. <laughs> and so like... Great easy tip. <laughs> yeah, there's no mistaking what is in there. Right. And then the second tip is to make the group private and ask questions like, what is your number one recipe request? Like What is the one recipe that you need made dairy-free or egg-free? And it's usually cakes or waffle or something like that. And so I make sure that whenever I have a bunch of new members join, I'm bumping up that post of if it was like a birthday cake, then it's like, Oh, here it is right here, front and center. But something else I started doing, maybe, maybe it was last year, or two years ago, is so you can add in the question box. And you can add, so I just said optional, leave your email address to join my subscriber list and get your free dairy free and egg free beginners guide. And I would say like, a majority of people that join my group are leaving their email right there. And then I can immediately add them into my email list. And it's been extremely, oh extremely gosh, yeah. effective for growing my email list. Yes,
1: I would imagine because you have a, that group is pretty big, right?
0: Yeah, I think it's like seven or 8,000 wow. people now.
1: That's awesome.
0: What a great strategy to
1: like kind of kill two birds with one stone if you want to grow that community, like you said. And add subscribers to your email list, oh my gosh!
0: yeah, it's pretty cool. and it's the other thing that's really awesome is once you kind of get your group grown to it doesn't even have to be like a super huge number. like I said, just as as long as you have a couple members, like you really want to foster any size community you have, just start asking questions and start sprinkling different blog post links or just asking, what are you making for dinner? Here's what I'm having. And something I've also been considering since I am redoing or I'm making my first ever email welcome series is I should 100% have this content in my group as well. And so if I was starting a group from scratch, and if you already have an email welcome series, consider kind of figuring out how to rework Uh it there. Like what a great way to kind of introduce yourself and what the group will be about and sharing your best content right there. The big thing there too. the big takeaway is if you see a common question or recipe request coming up time after time, whether it's in the kind like the, if when you want to join filling out the question form, whether it's there or getting posted to the Facebook page, if you see it coming up time and time again, consider writing a blog post over it (laughs) and sending it out everywhere. Because that means, I mean, like, like I said, the, like a birthday cake that's dairy free and egg free. Everybody wants to know how do I make a birthday cake for my granddaughter? Like she can't have X, Y, Z. Yeah. Know that the content that you might not think is valuable, like it's going to be valuable to somebody. Absolutely. And they will write what it is. Like they will tell you.
1: (laughs) And it goes both ways. Like we were saying earlier, listen to what people are telling you on your blog and put that on social media, Facebook or wherever, and then the other way around. So what are people asking you on social media and translate that to your blog so you can go back and forth and play off of each other really well too.
0: Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And then
1: I have a question about turning those Facebook groups into just thriving communities? Yeah. If somebody listening has not done this, but they want to, how easy is it? Like how slow growing is it? Would you say?
0: Yeah. Well, so and I I just looked it up. So yeah, so I'm just under 8,000 members of this Facebook group I've had since 2016. But I will say, so one, I'm very, I am very happy with that number because the other thing is not to get caught up in the number of views post gets in there or how many people you have. It's really about like the comments and the engagement. And so I will say for the first few years, I didn't know like what the heck I was doing. I wasn't engaging super awesome content. Like it was just kind of like, Hey guys, what's up? Yeah. (laughs) So you're cooking dairy free. Me too. What are you having for super bowl? Like (laughs) Here's what I'm having. So like there was like just zero strategy whatsoever. So like it's kind of hard for me to gauge. I will say now I try to keep it pretty engaging, but the beautiful thing about growing a group is eventually it gets to a point where you can really take a step back and your community members kind of do the work mm. themselves. And so, like if I see a post come in and I make sure that post approvals are turned on, If I see something come in for, let's just say, a birthday cake, I need a birthday cake made dairy-free and egg-free, I can just click approve, and I know that there's going to be at least three people who link back to mine, and then some people who are going to link to, oh, use Pamela's gluten-free mix with, I don't know, Duncan Hines vegan vanilla. Like, people will just naturally kind of want to join that conversation, and so... I just kind of let that run its course and then, you know, sometimes not sometimes people don't have my back and they're not, you know, <laughs> dropping my link for me. So, so sometimes when I do see that, I will say like, I hope you found your answer. This is like helpful. If you're still looking for a recipe, here's this. It has, you know, over whatever like the rating is, you know, or something or keep it like way more personal and just be like, this is the one that I make every year for myself. Everybody loves it. I hope you try it too. And Yeah, I think that that's just, it's a really great way to grow. But yeah, just keeping it really, I like how you said, I'm glad that you uh, kind of read my mind human. I think it's like, that's like the key. If you have a really clear, like, this is a community and support group. This is what we share here. Like very clear and direct. I think you can still have good growth, but really focusing on the comments and, like, even, even when you have five people in that group, I like to think of, like, okay, well, what if I was having lunch with five people? That's a lot of people to talk to. Yeah, right. <laughs> and when you grow it to 100 people, some people, you know, you might still think, like, oh, I only have 100 mm. members. If I had 100 people in my house, like, that's a, lot of that's people. a lot of people.
1: Yeah, it's like the party analogy. Like, if you were at a party, that would be a lot. Like, managing five people would be taxing
0: (laughs) so oh my gosh that's oh wait I love that I love that yes yeah thinking about like if you're like the party there are so many different analogies I could go into right now for managing a Facebook group with that mindset okay we might have to dig into that (laughs) maybe later if this is of interest to anybody listening because yeah I really do think that this is I do think it's a pretty important aspect and it's one that can easily be overlooked just because it's not one of your like Pinterest. Like everybody knows what Pinterest is. Everybody kind of knows how to use it or at least you have a way of using it. And then that it's even the same for Facebook pages, but Facebook groups, that's not discussed as much. And like, I don't even talk to that many people that have their own Facebook community groups. And that's purely because not many people have them. Yeah. You can set
1: your own rules basically. Like it's your group, do what you want, establish the rules, communicate the rules, and then go from there.
0: Yeah. And there's so many just like, do you want to grow your email list with it or drive traffic? Or do you truly just want to place people feel comfortable coming to you so yeah also identifying like what do you want out of it yeah
1: right lots of stuff to think through but it can definitely benefit your business if you're willing to put in a little time because it is more time up front right like once you have the members in there and really happy and kind of communicating with each other and engaging you do less work but up front you're going to have to do a little bit more work
0: yeah and I wish I had a better memory <laughs> to remember kind of when I was able to be more hands-off. But honestly, I feel like it was maybe in like 2018 or 2019. So, I mean, really, once you establish kind of what the norm is and you you can also schedule posts too. So just, I mean, there's just so many options for how often you want to be in there. And so, yeah, I think just, I would encourage everyone to at least consider what your group could look like and what your community could look like and what that could mean for your blog.
1: I like that. Oh my gosh, we have talked through so much, so much to think about on the spectrum (laughs) of Google Web Stories, Pinterest, Facebook, and everything that falls within all of those. I was going to touch on TikTok, but maybe we can do that another time because I really don't have much to say, just (laughs) that I'm a little frustrated with it. I was like, Going strong and seeing decent ish yeah. numbers and then like
2: nothing.
0: So I'm like okay. uh, Well, I feel like we should also say that at least one time we talked, I believe on a podcast episode, you said that you are never gonna try TikTok. I know. And so I think it's I think it's an important yeah. reminder that we're allowed to change our mind uh-huh. about any of these things. Yes. We can decide I wanna give this a try, and then we can give it a try. And then we can say, not saying that you're saying this to TikTok, but you could always say, "Okay, I gave it a try, right. and never mind."
1: That is the perfect way to end because it's so true. Like we feel, we hear all these things, then we feel like we have to dig into all of them, and then maybe we do a couple, and then we almost get to the point where we're like, "Well, I committed, so I have to continue." But you don't. You don't have to yeah. do anything. This is your business. If you want to start. Web stories and then stop. You can do that. You can do whatever you want to do. So yes, that is the message. These are all great options and will provide value to your business and your audience if you dig into them. Maybe, but if mm-hmm. you decide you don't want to pursue them anymore, you have the right to set it down. So that is yes, absolutely
2: <laughs> great way I to love end. That, Megan. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so another time we'll dig maybe in clubhouse we can talk about tiktok i want to get some other opinions on that because i don't know yeah another another day another time in place yeah. but
0: yeah i want to hear i want to hear these thoughts and frustrations so yeah, yeah maybe clubhouse that
1: sounds good oh my gosh jenna as always you're just such a wealth of knowledge and thank you for sharing your insights with all of us we appreciate you i appreciate you so much you are the best ever
0: Megan, you're the best. I love doing this. And I love just chatting with you. I know. In general, it's always a good time. I so agree with
1: that. So we will put together a show notes page for you, Jenna. If anyone wants to go peek at those, eatblogtalk.com forward slash the urban life 3 And urban is spelled with an E-N. Do you have another little bit of inspiration to leave us with today other than all of the amazing stuff you've already shared?
0: Well, I... Do you have something that I actually wrote down? I heard it a few different ways, but basically, the way that I wrote it down, the kind of quote that I wrote down was If you don't start, you have absolutely no chance of success.
1: Ah, uh, oh my gosh, so <laughs> perfect zero percent chance. So,
0: zero, yeah. zero. So, if you want to give something a try, give it a try. You have nothing to lose. I mean, in theory. And I I really love what we were just saying that, and it just reminded me of like my Facebook Reels kind of journey. Like I went so hard on them. I had great success with them, but I had to kind of put it on the back burner. Mm-hmm. But what if I just would have been too scared to start? Then I never would have grown my Facebook page. I never would have had that explosive growth and click throughs. And so it's just something that I've been kind of thinking through. I feel like there's been a lot of kind of like new trends and platforms emerging over the Mm. last year. And like, what if I just never started Mm. on any of them?
1: Yeah, that's a great thing to think about. Like, where would I be in a bad way? Not like, you know, yeah. So it is good to think through that. I think especially, I think of web stories when I think of that. Like, where would my traffic be? Because my traffic's been so great this year. And web stories has definitely contributed to that. So get started. If you if you feel it, get started and just check it yes. out for a little bit. All right, Jenna, thank you so much. And why don't you just tell everyone again where they can find you? I know you made the offer for people to reach out if they had Facebook questions. So where can they contact you and find your blog and your social media accounts?
0: Oh, yeah. My blog is The Urban Life, U-R-B-E-N. It's just TheUrbanLife.com. And that is my handle across all platforms, feel free to reach out. I love chatting in the DMs.
1: Thank you, Jenna. You're the best. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Please share this episode with a friend who would benefit from tuning in. I will see you
2: next time.